Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So when she got the, the, the second kick, I think I heard like some type of wheezing, you know, coming out of her. Andre McDonald takes the stand in his own defense and tells a jury his wife attacked him. So he killed her during a physical fight to protect himself. That's his claim. The jury finding him guilty of manslaughter instead of murder. I'm Anjanette Levy and welcome to Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. The jury in Andre McDonald's trial deliberated for 10 hours before finding him guilty of manslaughter in the death of his wife, Andrine, just about four years ago. The couple lived in San Antonio, Texas, but both were originally from Jamaica. McDonald described in his testimony a rocky marriage and an argument that started one night in February of 2019. McDonald said that he learned that Andrine had been stealing from him. So once I got the information of when she had formed the company, he said I realized it was right around the time she had got the tattoo and stuff like that. So I know she was up to no good. So I basically came and said, wait a minute, how the hell do you go ahead and register a business behind my back? And the, the documentation that I write and give to you to give to the bank for the new construction, you go ahead and modify that document in a new company's name with the bank, without my knowledge. What the hell is that? And her response was, oh, it's not hearsay. It's not hearsay. Sorry, sir. Yes, sir. So, her response was, she's always alone. That's why, you know, she set things up but she does it by herself. And that's when I said, that doesn't make any sense because we both live in the same house. How can you be doing stuff alone? When are you ever alone? We live in the same house. We sleep in the same house every night. So I'm not sure. That doesn't make any sense. You're clearly trying to steal from her. Do you know about what time that is? That was probably around seven-ish or so p.m. Yeah. You stay at the house and continue arguing with you? So she started getting aggressive instead of, you know, like apologizing and say, you know, she made a mistake or something like that. She, you know, started getting aggressive. And since we had a, you know, a young child in the house, I didn't want it to, like, blow up into any type of physical confrontation. So at that time, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to leave the house. Did you leave the house? Yes, I left the house and drove down to the gas station. McDonald said he then returned home and the two began to argue. She got real upset and then she started yelling at me and started yelling, a son came out of body boy, a son came out of body boy. Is that patois? Yes, it is. Um, can you break it down for me? What does it mean? So the phrase, a son came out of means go and give you like your mom oral sex. 
And then Bati Boys, that's another phrase in Jamaica that they use to call you a homosexual. Is this a run-of-the-mill curse in Jamaica? No, it is not. So in Jamaica, it's more like a matriarchy type society. So, you know, guys usually, most guys that I know typically live with their moms. So there's like a close affinity to, especially guys and their mothers. So like disrespecting somebody's mom is like a big no-no. If somebody said that to me in Jamaica about your mom, what would happen? Typically, that would lead to a fight. And the second part of it about being Boy, she said, I'm homosexual. Right. Why is that so? So, Jamaica <laughs> is sort of, you know, a little bit of you know, maybe homophobic type society. So, calling somebody like a body boy is like a serious disrespect. Um, again, run in the middle or serious curse? Yeah, it's serious. Usually it starts like a fight. McDonald said he told Andreen he was going to get a divorce. He was done with their marriage. He said Andreen was the aggressor during a physical fight that started in the home that night. And she comes like right up in my face and says it again, go suck your mother body boy. Is she still continuing on forward? Yes, yeah, she's you know she's charging, you know, she's you know she's charging towards me when she's saying it. So she comes like right up in my face, at which point I'm like, oh yeah, the move out of my face, which means, what are you doing? Get out of my face. And the response after that is, away I go, away I go, which means, what are you going to do about it? And at that point I said, you know what, you're trying to get me into you know, trouble. So. No. Now, after I say that, that's she, what... Does she leave? No, she does not. Right at that moment, what happened? So at that moment, she then repeats the Kasaki Marabati boy, but this time, at the end, she spits in my face. At the moment she spits in your face, what happened? So at that point, this was like reflex. I grabbed her, because she's like right in front of me, so I grabbed her head. I think we had like a, a clash of heads, and I think it opened up like a cut somewhere on her face, because she's a bit you know taller than I am. So when the, the head butt is like my head forward and like her lower face or something. You all wrestle. So at that point, her initial reaction was to kind of like you know reach up and like grab her face to see, and then there was like some blood on her fingers, so she like runs into the master bedroom, not the master. So the master bathroom and the bedroom are just separated by a door. So we're like, maybe the distance to the bathroom door is like between me and the say right here. When she runs into the bathroom, what does she do? So she runs into the, the bathroom and turns on the light switch and then turns to the mirror to kind of take a look at her face. And at that point, you know, I'm trying to see what her face looked like. So I just like step maybe like a, a foot into the bathroom. In the door. Right. And what happened? So, when she looks and sees the mark on her face, because she was like looking at it, I think she touched it again, but at that point she gets extremely angry, and that's when she comes, you know, a 
across the, the bathroom from the switch back towards the door, standing there to attack me. When she attacks you, do you react? Yeah, so when she comes, she's like throwing like some punches, so I'm trying to like duck down and like keep my head, my face from, you know, getting hit with the blows. And then in, in between the scuffle, I remember like grabbing her and like tripping her over one of my legs. And then she like falls, and that's when I like, kicked her like twice when she was when she fell. She's coming up. Yes. She's throwing punches. Yes, she was. Is she going sideways, backwards, or right? Now nah, she was coming directly at me. So, like I said, when she went inside the bathroom and hit the light switch, the light switch is on the other side of the bathroom where the mirror was, and then she had to basically charge all the way across the bathroom back towards me at the, the, the door, and that's what... your momentum or her momentum to kind of flip her over So, you know, doing the wrestling, I sort of use like her own body weight, you know, when I twist her, and then use like my leg to like, like a trim, so that's, that's how she felt. So, when she got the, the, the second kick, I think I heard like some type of wheezing, you know, coming out of her, and then also, like in the background, I could hear like some footsteps running. And at that point, I was like, oh shit, Elena. So I ran out of the bathroom towards the living room area. And then I saw like Elena, like she was somewhere close to the stairs, back at the front. So I ran towards Elena and picked her up. And we went upstairs. And then I was trying to get her back to bed. In stunning detail, and really in a matter-of-fact fashion, Andre McDonald described going back to Andrine thinking that she had called 911, but he said that he kicked her again. She wasn't breathing, so he put her in trash bags. He said he then took the bags off and put her clothes in a plastic bucket and tried to burn them, and then dumped her body. So at that time, I took the, the bags off. I was going to leave it there. And for some reason, I don't remember why, but I just had this weird idea to probably should just take the clothes. So I took the clothes and threw them in the bag and then went back in the car and went home. Take all the clothes? I think so. And uh, you went and you put them in the bag and went home? Yes. When you got home, what did you do? So when I went home, I think I went home and that moment, I think, I don't remember if I took my clothes off and threw them in the bag. But eventually, I, I knew I threw her clothes, and I'm thinking I probably took my clothes off as well, and threw them in like a plastic bucket, and I just got a lighter and, and lit them. McDonald described dumping the body and then going to work and trying to later dispose of evidence. So I get really angry, so at that point, I poured like the gas on her, and then I, I lit the fire. Was it enough gas? Nah, it, was, it wasn't like a lot of gas. It's just like leftover gas that I had. Like, you know, I used to cut my own grass, but then eventually, like, you know, as business grew and stuff, I started having Eddie come by the house now and, and do the, the lawn care. So it was just like some leftover that I had in the container. So I poured that on her, I lit it, and then it was out. I don't know how long, but it was, it was out pretty, pretty fast. Then what did you do? So at that point, you know, I got a hammer body's like right there. So at that point, I just got really pissed off and, tried, and started like, you know, hitting the body with the hammer. How many times? 
Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you, but it was multiple times. But I know, so I know I was like hitting like in the face and like the, the neck area. And I remember like at first I hit her in the face with the, with the, like the hammer front. And then I used the claw and like hit her in the neck area. And I remember the, the, the claw got stuck in like her neck. And then that's when I like, I was like ripping the, the, the hammer out. And then at that point, I think, I thought I was done, but as I'm like trying to like walk away, I give it like one more whack somewhere on the body. I'm not sure where that landed. The jury deliberated for 10 hours and at one point were even deadlocked. So the judge read them a charge and sent them back in. After that 10 hours of deliberation, they found Andre McDonald guilty of manslaughter, not murder, and the judge sentenced him to the maximum of 20 years in prison. Joining me to talk about this case is someone who covered the trial. She is Erica Hernandez. She is the court reporter for KSAT TV in San Antonio. So Erica, welcome here to Sidebar. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. First of all, your thoughts on the verdict. The jury deliberated, I see, about 10 hours and came back not guilty on murder, but guilty on manslaughter. Your thoughts? I think we were all a little surprised, but not completely shocked because they had spent so long deliberating. I think at that point we knew it would possibly be manslaughter at that point, um, especially when they came and told the judge that they couldn't decide and he, he issued an Allen charge. But it, it was still kind of surreal because this is a guy who did take the stand and admitted to killing his wife, but yet was able to get that manslaughter charge. So it, it was definitely kind of Yes, it was surprising, but also we were kind of waiting for it. So not completely surprising that they came back guilty on manslaughter, possibly a compromise verdict, would you think? I, I really do think so. And I think when, when the charge of the court was initially read before they went into deliberations, it was extremely confusing. Even for us who, who cover courts all the time, we're sitting there like, I need a flow chart. Like if you get to this decision, go to this paragraph. If you get to this decision, go to this paragraph. So I could see how if a jury is sitting back there, not really understanding what this is in front of them, this law, how it would take them so much time to be like, wait, what? Why can't it just be this or this? We have to come to decisions. And I think that tripped them up a little. And that's why they ended up um, going with that manslaughter charge. Jury instructions can be so, so confusing, and they're very important. So I would consider this, I would think that the attorneys for Andre McDonald would consider this a win for them, the fact that he was not found guilty on a murder charge, but on manslaughter. Have you spoken to them? Yeah, I did speak to um, Mr. Convery after the trial, and, and they were okay with the, the verdict. They were, I don't know, so much okay with the max of the 20 years that he got, but I think it, it is a win for them either way. I mean, he could be possibly eligible for parole in seven and a half years, which is nothing compared to the possible life sentence he could have gotten. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One of the things that I heard in his testimony that was a little surprising to me was the fact that Andrine is on the floor wheezing. And, you know, after they have this physical altercation, and then their daughter comes downstairs, he hears her footsteps, he takes her back upstairs. And then, you know, puts her back to bed and then comes back downstairs. Was that shocking to you? And then and then more unfolds after that. We had always known from day one when the first affidavit and, and information in this case came out in 2019 that the daughter was home at the time. But yeah, I, I don't honestly know if all his testimony is completely true because we had heard other things that the daughter had said in therapy sessions and stuff like that, that didn't match up with that testimony. So it, I, I don't know how much of it to believe of what he says happened actually happened. That's very interesting. This case is very disturbing to me on so many levels. I know it's been four years uh, since this took place, but Andre McDonald to me seemed to just be very matter of fact in discussing this. He seemed obviously to be very well prepped. He talked about how he invoked. He didn't speak to law enforcement in the beginning. So this was the first time he had told a, told his story, was up there on the stand, at least publicly. So were you surprised at how just matter-of-factly he discussed this? I didn't see any emotion. I, I understand he wanted to divorce her, all of that stuff, but were you a little surprised by how he was just able to tell this story? I've covered a lot of trials. <laughs> And this was the first time I was kind of glad. I was like, I hope there's not a camera on me in the gallery because I was making like shocked faces with some of the comments he was so calmly saying. It was surreal, like how I went back and I just was so angry at her. I went back and I whacked her her body with the hammer one more time because I was so angry. I was just like, what, what am I hearing? Is this Is this really happening? Is this guy really on the stand? talking about this so calmly with no remorse at all. And it was really, I didn't notice it till later, but he never really referred to her as his wife or even said her name, Andreen. It was just her or the body. It's like she had no identity to him. A dissociation of sorts. <laughs> I mean, this is obviously someone he loved at some point in time. I mean, they, they got married. I mean, I don't really know the full circumstances surrounding how they got married, but still. Yeah. It, and I think that's what the, the judge noticed it as well, because during sentencing, he was like, you sat there and spoke about the mother of your child so nonchalantly and like you didn't care. I didn't even see a tear in your eye. The only time I ever noticed you paying attention in trial was when her remains were on a screen and you tried to look over to see it. But other than that, I saw you fiddling on your phone. I saw you smirking. It was not a good look for, for Andre in the judge's eyes and even kind of compared his testimony to that of a serial killer. So the judge, I would glean from that, does not buy the story. Exactly. It, it was pretty obvious when right before sentencing and Judge Castro spoke to him and 
and and gave him that like, you know, I see this military career, this honorable military career, but yet I see you on the stand and it's a completely different person. So that's kind of how he referred to it. And I think we can all understand, you know, time has passed, but still, this is someone that you loved at one point in time, I would assume. And I was a little stunned by the way he spoke about this and she's wheezing and you don't call for help. You just keep going. Um, even if you think you're defending yourself and you're justified in doing so, I was a little stunned that he didn't call for help or, or anything. And his solution was to put her body in trash bags and then take it and dump it somewhere. And, uh, and refer to all of that as a hassle. It was such a hassle. <laughs> it was just like, what is going on? It was testimony like that I've never heard before. It, it was stunning. There's been another interesting wrinkle in this as well. Andre McDonald and Andreen were from Jamaica, and he actually talked on the stand about how it's more of a matriarchal society, reverence for women, um, your mom, that type of thing. But now there's some big news <laughs> concerning his father. So tell us a little bit about that. So... We live streamed this this trial, and while I was looking through the chat one day, I noticed there was a lot of people in Jamaica tuning in, and there was a person who kept referring to his father, and they're like, like father, like son, like father, like son, and I was like, what is going on? So we started doing a little digging on our end and got with some sources in Jamaica and were able to confirm that Andre McDonald's father is awaiting trial for the deaths of two of his wives. So that was just shocking in itself. I don't know how much life he had with his father because he did say he at one point moved in his life to Florida with his mother. So I don't know how involved his father was in his life. Just to know his father is sitting in jail with the same type of charges his son is, but for two wives was shocking to us. It's absolutely shocking. And it makes you wonder what type of environment Andre McDonald may have grown up in. Yeah, exactly. And his his father is is a prominent businessman. He's well known. Everybody, as I was told, it's still a very small community. Everybody knows everybody. And it was, you know, something I guess he thought he was going to get away with because they were murder for hire plots. And the first wife, I believe, was he never really got charged with till the second wife was killed. And that person who did the the actual, is alleged to do the murder, was like, hey, this man paid me to do it. And that's kind of where it, it all opened up. Well, Erica Hernandez, uh, I think you'll probably be f- continuing to follow that, right? <laughs> oh, yes. We'll be watching closely. And it's and it, Andre McDonald's not done in court. He's got a, another court date coming up in a few weeks on the tampering with edit, evidence charge. And then there's also a possibility Because of what he said he did to the body afterwards, he faces further charges for that as well. Well, very interesting. Maybe we'll have you back to talk about that. That sounds interesting. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. It is produced by Michael Dininger and Sam Goldberg. Bobby Zoki is our director of YouTube. Alyssa Fisher handles our bookings. And Kira Bronson does our social media. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and I will see you next time.